0: And we are live with the Living the Guide Life podcast today. And it is a beautiful Minnesota day. We got some sun and some, you know, snow melting. We had a little snow come back into town this week, and uh now we're all dried up and uh starting to get ready for turkey hunting. But this weekend I got going on the Wild Sheep Foundation show for the Midwest chapter. So We'll have a booth there for Chasing Fowl Outfitters, and uh, what an experience to go see one of those sheep shows. I mean, truly the amount of money raised, and just to see the crazy prices that people are willing to pay for sheep tags is pretty cool. I know that some of the tags today, um, they have a Wyoming Bighorn, North Dakota Bighorn, and South Dakota Bighorn. And the two Dakota Bighorns will probably sell for over $100,000. And the Wyoming will probably sell for upwards of $300,000. So just a whole different environment. I mean, if you've been to a DU banquet, this is it on fucking crack. Um, So it's really fun. A lot of really good people. And uh, just really great environment. So... Today, we're brought to you by Bourbon Media, and I'll give them a second here.
1: If you're a small business owner in the outdoor industry,
0: we get it. The words digital marketing can be intimidating. You're a grunt work, sweat it out, bust your chops kind of person who's addicted to progress and put all of your time and energy into operating your business. We at Bourbon Media can help you push it even further. We're digital marketing experts. I'm talking web development, content creation, social media management, SEO, paid advertising, the whole nine yards. And as fellow outdoorsmen, we know the industry. Keep your business up to date and expand your reach with digital marketing that is directed at your core market.
1: We are Bourbon Media. Cheers to progression.
0: And we are also brought to you by Chasing Foul Outfitters. Come. Come shoot some geese with us next fall. It should be uh should be a good time. Changing up the spread a little bit for next year and uh just some other tweaks that we got going on. So we're very excited and uh it should be a really good year. But also, we are brought to you by Pacific Calls. If you haven't checked out their turkey calls, get on it. It's starting to turn around to turkey season. I know some turkeys are strutting up here in Minnesota. And uh, you guys are really going to want to check out their uh, new strikers and diaphragm calls that they have coming out. So make sure to take a peek at that. Also, you're going to want to go check out Mallard Bay. They have a bunch of stuff going on still for open snow goose hunts. Um, Anywhere that you want to try to go kill snow geese. Um, I know snow geese are up in South Dakota, North Dakota right now, so if you go on their website, I'm sure they have something to go kill snows up in that area. So make sure to go check out their website, and also for bookings next year, because you don't want to be that guy booking last minute. So make sure to go book with them at that time, and uh, we'll get right into it today. We have Josh Stoner on from uh, Danfield Hunting Outfitters, so I hope you guys enjoy. Alrighty, and we are live with Living the Guide Life podcast today, and we have Josh Stoner on, who is a guide down in Texas at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, and uh, does a bunch of farm work um, throughout the rest of the year. So, Josh, how you doing? Good, Chance. How are you, bud? Doing well. I saw you guys were on a big trip in Mexico, was it? Oh, yeah. We went to uh, Cancun,
2: I guess that had been almost three weeks ago now, for... Uh, Pretty much just the end of the season, time to unru- unwind. And then one of the guys I work with, he uh, ended up proposing to his girlfriend. So, oh, nice. That was another big, big part of the trip, but no, it was a blast. Yeah. It was a, well needed after
0: this season. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. What's it like down in like Cancun? I've never been to Mexico before. Man, so like I've been to
2: parts of Mexico on a cruise don't ask me where exactly we went to, but yeah. Cancun itself, like, so you get dropped off, or you land at the airport, you know, you take a taxi or a shuttle service over to your resort, and like, just driving through downtown Cancun, it's like, holy crap, this is, like, poverty, like, this is crazy, and then you get to yeah. the resort stuff, and it's like, oh, this is gorgeous, it's a lot of money here, Yeah, and but, no, the resort was fun. I mean, you drank a lot. It was all-inclusive, so you didn't have to worry about that. Food was good. People were good. So yeah, we ended
0: up having a really good time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a nice thing that I hear about down there is the drinks are all-inclusive. Yeah, most of the time, unless,
2: you know, I'm sure there's other places you can pay a little bit more money. Yeah. For, uh, you know, nicer amenities, and you have to pay for your other stuff. But, yeah. I don't know. I'd always do the all inclusive if I ever went back again.
3: Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're down there, you might as well. Like, I don't, because I I don't really know anywhere else like in the United States that does like all inclusive like that.
2: Man, I think there's maybe some places in Florida, California, somewhere on the coast or down in, you know, in the southern part on the Gulf. But yeah, other than that, yeah, out of country is the only place that I really would think of.
0: Yeah, because we went to the Dominican Republic and it was the same type of deal for yeah. our, like, spring break or whatever. It was, it was nice at the resort, but when you're driving through it, it's like, this is... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it is terrible. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, man, I think back, I'm like, I
2: think some days I have it rough, and I look at places <laughs> like this, and I'm like, that's not so bad.
0: Yeah, there's, like, Six people deep on a moped, driving around town, and I'm like,
2: "Oh, it's that! It's crazy! Yeah, the shit that you see driving <laughs> down, like the roads and stuff. You know, they got Uber Eats on mopeds that are about to fall apart. Yeah, bro, I didn't even think they would have Uber Eats down there, but hey, you know,
0: whatever makes them money, I guess.
1: Yeah, I hear you.
0: But how how was the season this year, man? So this will be."
2: Going into this next season will be my fourth year down at Stanfield, and the November and December that we had this year was probably some of the best I can remember. Yeah. Um, you know, specs weren't a problem. There were some lessers down there. Um and every morning, you know, they say there'd be two or three groups out, you know, you're in a group text and uh you're fighting to see who's done yeah. before seven thirty, eight o'clock. Like it was a race. Yeah. And then, uh, we left for well. I didn't leave, but we all went on Christmas break for like four or five days, and that next week after we came back after new year's, um a light switch turned on, and it was like, you know what, we're not gonna decoy anymore, we're not gonna play nice, yeah, and that whole that whole January, I mean, there were still some good hunts like in between, but that whole month of January was just an absolute struggle. It was a grind that like, you really you really had to sit down and say, you know, what do I know about goose hunting to make stuff work? Yeah. I mean, that that's how tough it got. And usually, you know, you put a little bit of knowledge of what you do day in and day out in the beginning of the season. It's all good. Nope. Not that January. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was still good. Everybody's high spirits. we so got a lot of repeat clients. So they kind of, they get the, they get yeah. the program. Yeah. Exactly. They understand. So yeah, it makes it a lot easier.
0: Yeah, well, 100%. Was there like, do you see any reason why like January just wasn't it? it was like maybe the weather, not enough water, or like what was kind of the problem you guys were seeing? Yeah, and it's
2: so pretty much like, so where we're at, we're, you know, about two and a half, three hours west of Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah. So you started getting over into like that wet t- West Texas hill country. It was, it was so dry like there was only one roost lake maybe a couple little lakes fly lakes here and there that had some water on it but it was just so concentration there's such a concentration of birds you know that they didn't kind of have to spread out a little bit so it made it I guess somewhat easier in the beginning but then like you know once you start shooting into those birds for, you know, two, two and a half months. They're like, okay, yeah, something, something's not right. Like, these other guys are telling us, hey, let's not do this today or whatever the hell they talk about in their goose life of whatever, yeah. you know, they communicate and it just made it really tough because of the lack of water. And our ducks, God, I don't think I shot, but maybe two three dozen ducks this year in the field and usually you know like last year it was we don't i mean i won't say we shoot a ton of ducks in the field anymore but yeah you know you you shoot a couple every day every other day yeah this year it was man it was far and few between like when you did shoot a couple ducks that was the highlight yeah everybody was like oh yeah we shot some ducks today when five five six years ago you know, they'd be down on Wigeon, Mallard's, Pintails. And it's its just so much has changed since the water and the weather. And the, the winters don't get as harsh as they used to anymore. So, yeah. you know, it just makes everything
0: tough, especially being at the end of the flyway like that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, shit, dude, like our season this year, we didn't get like really, because I'm up in Minnesota and we didn't get a really right. great push of ducks until, like, a week after our duck season closed.
1: Yeah, because don't you guys
0: close, like, middle of December? Dude, we clo- We used to close the first week of December. Then we yeah. switched it back to the first or the last week in November
1: this year. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, which sucked. And so it literally, like, they didn't come. We didn't start seeing, like, big pushes until, like, that last week. I mean, we were shooting ducks. Throughout November and stuff, but like, right, it wasn't like a noticeable push
1: of like, wow, they're here. Yeah, and
0: you know, you guys
2: being that far north in the flyway, pretty much in the states, there was guys in you know January and February that are sending videos that are like in Saskatchewan or Alberta, and there's twenty, thirty thousand duck feeds up there. Oh yeah, like they they shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah, because I mean, there's I was... no
2: reason for it to be there.
0: Yeah, I was talking to some guys that, I mean, all they shot was snow geese in Canada, and then by the time they moved down, like, they didn't even shoot any ducks. Like, usually they're shooting yeah. ducks, and it was like, well, we've only booked till here, so now we got to go south and go hunt wherever, Kansas, whatever it is. Right. And then yeah. they go down, and they even, didn't they'd even get into any ducks. It's,
2: you know, it's, I don't know if it's going to change overnight. But I don't see it getting any better in the next couple of years.
3: Yeah.
0: Who knows?
1: Well yeah. Every I mean, every time
0: with that. I was just gonna say we haven't really had any like harsh pushes. Like this no. year we didn't have any harsh snow to push it down. We didn't have any harsh freezes to freeze things up. Right. Yeah. Like Yeah. I'll say like there was a week I forget what week in January it
2: was, but, like, Kansas, Oklahoma got a pretty good snowstorm there for about a day or so. We picked up probably, I don't know, I'd say five ten thousand 10,000 lessers, like, they pushed down. And we kind of shot a few of those for about a week, you know, more than we normally would. Um, And then after that, that was about it. I mean, they just either jump back up to Oklahoma or Kansas, or
0: they just got in the program with the rest of the geese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, our ducks, what I've noticed is like, we'll get a lot of ducks if we get some, like, good weather that it'll freeze and then unthaw, and right. then once it freezes hard, and then you only have, like, the rivers and creeks open, then they just really push in, and then it's mm-hmm. like once, once all the lakes and stuff freeze up, and then only the rivers are left, then it's like we really see a bunch of mallards. Right.
2: And another funny thing that I kind of noticed this year is, you know, so we had a pretty mild November and December. Yeah. I mean, heck, Christmas Day, I think it was. Gosh, it had been seventy-five, eighty degrees down there. Yeah. And, it, 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 like, when it was warmer in those earlier months, it seemed like, you know, the geese were fine. We'd kill them, kill them. But then, like, once it started getting, you know, 20s in the morning, a high of 40, 45, when it, it get even colder than that in January, it's like the colder it got, the less that they wanted to play. Yeah. Like, complete opposite of what you would think of. Huh. So, like, you know, say up by you guys in Minnesota, you know, you get a, Warm, sunny day, they're gonna feed on grass all day. We're not even gonna get out of town or nothing, no, which you know for us that was when it was good. It's so weird, yeah, but I don't know if that has to do with the you know the way the peanut fields are or the wheat or anything like that, but it was strange
0: to say the less, because yeah. I mean that's like our our hard split is like October, that's when we run into like hunting getting tougher. Because, like, well, right. on September, and we'll shoot all early season stuff, they're still yeah. feeding hard and silage and alfalfa mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then, like, you're, once... You guys are... You're still getting molt migrators then. and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, middle of October hits, and then it's, like, if it's still really warm, they're not going to want to leave. The, yeah. like, main city. And if they do, they're going to go feed in alfalfa or whatever it is. So if you're hunting yeah. corn or whatever like there's not really a point even if they were feeding in there like yeah. they're probably just gonna go feed in a grass field somewhere
1: else and mm-hmm. so
0: that's where it can get tough for us and especially like in november like it was so warm it was pretty warm in november this year as well
1: like
2: i think that was you know
0: countrywide
2: pretty much there wasn't yeah. anywhere that was really really cold yeah like north dakota you know some South Dakotas, places like that, they'll usually get like one of those early crazy snowfalls yeah. where, you know, it gets down to the teens and stuff and we'll kind of lock some of that backwater up. But I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think any of that happened this year.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. There wasn't really, yeah. From like what I saw in North Dakota, it didn't get cold really until later as well. And I mean, usually we'll get like some random snowstorm in October, which like. Right. Yeah. Like, it'll start getting a little tougher, and then that snowstorm will hit, and then things will get back to normal. But right. uh, we didn't see that hit this year, and so it was like they were just kind of – just didn't want didn't to leave town. And if they did, it was like they'd go make a couple laps around, go hop water to
1: water, and then it was it.
2: Yeah, they don't – they have no rhyme or reason to fly. They're just kind of stretching their way. Yeah, we're just going to go back. Yeah. you know, we're not even going to. We're not going to do nothing. We're just flying to fly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean,
0: yeah, no, I feel, I feel your pain. Cause yeah, it was it was kind of the same bullshit that you guys had, but up here it got it stayed warm until
1: like December, and then it finally got cold. Yep. And then, so, then after that, because you guys, when's your goose season close? Uh, December
2: twenty ninth. Yeah, thought I was, I was going to say, I thought it was right around. new year's and stuff
1: yeah
2: but you know it's got to be tough when like january you're starting to see big bushes of birds and stuff and you're like well fuck i can't do
0: anything about it yeah you know oh exactly But i mean it was like i don't know what they're like because they did like a um, they did a like big survey the dnr did on like a bunch of different this year and one of them was you know, take our two week split and make it a five day split, and then shut the season down earlier. And I guess people wanted to do that for some reason, and so yeah. And so that's that's where we ran into a problem. But like, I would way rather start hunting ducks in because we start hunting ducks last week in September, right? And I would rather start shooting ducks
1: like second week of October, third week of October, and then hunt all the way through December. Yeah. And you know, some places, you know, they'll kinda they'll start their goose season like
2: October or like yeah. the beginning of November. It's like, you know, if you just wait till like mid November and then add that on the backside into January for some yeah. places, it'll make It'll make people happier. One, and two, you'll actually get some. You know, you got a good chance of getting some of the big pushes of birds that you really need to.
1: Yeah, exactly. Have good hunts. Yeah. Not You've that. Not... not. Yeah. Not that people don't have good hunts. You know, as it is, but like you'll you'll get on some
2: burner hunts. You can, you know, just go a week or two, even past what you
0: usually closes. Yeah. I mean, wait till it gets actually cold and the birds actually need to feed. And then wait till like we actually start seeing some good pushes, because I mean that would be the ideal scenario. Because we were hunting geese in December, and I mean we had a bunch of ducks in our face every hunt, and it was like you can't do anything about it. Like guys are like, why can't we shoot them? I'm like, well, because they wanted to close the season down a week earlier. Yeah, get out your phones, take a video. you do. Yeah, so I don't know. It was it was an interesting year, but you know, got to do what you got to do, I guess. That's right.
1: Ain't gonna well, change
2: no. it. No, I see people. They're like, "Oh, we need to we need to push the waterfowl seasons into February and March when they really start coming through." and It's like, well, that sounds all fine and dandy, but then you start getting into messing with like, you know, mallards or to are paired up by then. You yeah. start up shit. You know, you just can't can't alter
1: like
0: what their natural ability to, you know, yeah. reproduce.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean,
0: that would be nice, but at the same time, then you then you do start to see stuff like that, and there would be no point in us running that long. But for you guys, I mean, yeah. Because how long does the season
1: go down there? It goes to like the first week of February, doesn't it? Man, you can shoot specs, I think. Well, specs and lessers until like February
2: 14th or 15th or something.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's, there's no point. I mean, there's no birds. It's getting warm. There's some south winds. They're shit. They're in Kansas by then. So it's absolutely yeah. pointless to have that last
1: extra two weeks of season. Yeah.
0: Would you rather see it like open
1: earlier and close earlier for you guys then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd probably, you know, I'd,
2: I'd take two weeks extra into, like, October, November. Yeah. Um, But, you know, past January 20th or 25th
1: in Texas, so I don't think there's that. Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, are you guys seeing, like, a good reverse migration, like, at right. that time? Or is it just, like, only really in, like, earlier that you're seeing it?
2: Um, you'll start seeing some birds come back. Uh we'll get a lot of snows kind of like that last few weeks in January. We'll yeah. kind of push up from the coast and stuff. Um, some of the lessers, you know, they like get down to like I guess it's like Katy Prairie, you know, all that kind of area. They'll yeah. start pushing back through and then like that one warm day with the south wind, they're they're gone, they're out of there. But the birds that are the calendar birds, you know. So when they get down there, it'll be like you know, beginning October, you'll start seeing specks down there. Yeah. Like that first gosh, I don't know. It'll be like five or ten thousand birds as soon as they get up from their breeding grounds. You know, they just shoot south and they end up in Texas. Like I don't, yeah. I don't even think they stop. Is what it feels like. Yeah. And then it just slowly, progressively gets bigger and bigger. And then the same thing, you know, on the reverse migration, they like. January, I don't know, 20th, you'll just have some birds that are like, "Uh, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to leave right now. Then they'll they'll just shoot north. Yeah. And then when that happened this year, actually, uh, they left when – I don't know where they went. No idea. We woke up one day, and like we went scouting, and there was like only five, ten thousand 10,000 birds left. And we were like, what in the hell just happened? Well, like another – a little cold front, some north winds hit a few days later. Well, five days after that, you know, we woke back up and there was 50, 60,000
1: birds on the roost. Yeah. So it wasn't too terrible, but I don't know. I just I don't think we need that last part of goose season
0: to yeah. go back to that. It's pointless. Yeah. If you ask yeah. me. Yeah, I hear you
1: on that.
0: Is that like the average for you guys, like 60,000 on a roost?
2: No, I won't say it's average. Um, this year, everything was so concentrated, so it was so hard to, like, unless you went out there and flew, because the, the, where the roost at, it's, you know, it's all surrounded by private. You can't get to it. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, there were some guys that came down there this year trying to, like, freelance hunt. It's like, dude, you're wasting your time, because yeah. there's, like, two or three outfitters down here, and they've had the, same properties for 15, 20, you know, just had some properties for almost 30 years. It's like yeah. you're, there's no, there absolutely no way
1: you're going to get on it. Yeah. Um.
2: But, you know, there's some, like last year, there was, there was two main roosts. The best, I bet it kind of split
1: 50 50. I don't know. I'd say there was, man, I bet there was probably 75, 80,000 birds between the
2: two. Yeah, which is you know, you know I say ninety percent of them is specks and snows. Oh, really? Then um, the
1: rest is probably lessers. Yeah, yeah. We get a bunch of snows down there, but it's not. I don't know. The snow geese in Texas are a lot different than anywhere I've ever hunted. Oh. If that makes sense, they're
2: yeah. just I I don't know. They're never in the same field. <laughs> you know they're not gonna you can't go out the next morning and like if you scout the night before in the field that your hunting has got a bunch of snows in it if you go there the next morning you might shoot one or two or you might even see a couple i mean you're never yeah. it seems all the time you're never going to get those big spins of snows like you seen the day before it's yeah. so weird yeah and i don't know if that's like I don't know if that's like a Ross Goose thing because there's a lot of Rossies that come down there. Yeah. And they're so high strung and wired and like crackheads flying around. So that probably has something to do with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go back to you were talking about
1: like freelance guys. Texas would be the hardest to freelance. Well, there's other than like, you know, trying to gain
2: permission. Up. there's like hardly any public ground yeah in the state of texas
1: let alone where we are yeah because i mean everybody's got a lease for everything yeah
0: i mean everything that's good is going to be leased up if you see something that looks
2: like damn that'd probably be really good to hunt it's leased yeah almost 99 percent yeah it's like Hell, I bet it'd be damn near generational, at least if you, you know, went back that far. The same people have been hunting it forever and ever, and they're never going to give it up. Yeah. We're the same outfitters at it for so long. But, yeah. Now, there's some young high school or young college kids that drive riding around, and, you know, you'd see them on the road and you'd stop and talk to them, and they're like, you know, do you know who owns this field? And it's like, yeah. But, uh, you know, we've had we got that lease. I'm like, do ah, you know where I can go to like try to get on some fields? And it's like, yeah, you might want to go try over towards like Lubbock or Amarillo or something. It's yeah. like, you know, nothing around here you're going to be able to get on. And if you get on it, there's a reason. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: It's not. It's not going to be worth your time at all. Yeah, yeah, no, here, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there is no public land to really go hunt
1: down there. I feel like not really. Yeah, and if I'll... it is, it's for deer. Yeah, that is. Yeah, because I've never really heard of anyone hunting public for waterfall down there. Um, like some of the local guys, there's very few places. But even if if you found a place kind of like where we were, I mean, yeah, you'll kill some birds and stuff. It's not going to be.
2: It's not going to be for the guys that want to shoot, you know, limits, quote unquote, yeah. to say. It's going to be for the guy that wants to go out, shoot a couple birds, maybe take his dog, maybe take his kids or friends or something. Yeah. Um, and they just love the sport. I don't think there's not guys going out there that are you know, going to take 10 guys and, you know, shoot 60 ducks.
1: Yeah. It's just not going to happen.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you on that. Just like your everyday. A guy that just wants to get out, you know, doesn't have the permission, and whatnot, doesn't want to scout all that kind of stuff, and just has their same public land
1: they want to go hunt. Yep.
0: Well, a lot just, of it's time too. Yeah. don't Have the time to. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're not, if you're not a guide and you're working like every day at your actual job, like you don't really have time
1: right. to go scout around every night or every morning, find what you want to hunt. Nope. It's, I don't know, man. I like, like we're fortunate. So every morning, <coughs> excuse me, we'll have,
2: so I'd say on average we have two, maybe three groups going out in the morning. The guy that I work for, Jeff, he does all the scouting. Yeah, He rides around every morning. He updates us. He lets us know. And then in the evenings we'll go out and we'll ride with them. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have to go scout on our own and stuff and he kind of takes us around like this is what they did this morning this is what they're doing now you know blah 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 and then we go from there so it's very unique and it's pretty fortunate the way that we get to do it so we don't have to you know who's going to be the unlucky guy that's got a scout this morning or yeah we don't have to drive you know an hour to scout fields for decent stuff it's kind of real centralized to where we are
1: yeah which makes
2: it 10 times easier
1: yeah,
2: yeah, that's really like nice. You, you see some of those guys up in like Kansas, Oklahoma, and stuff. Hell, even up towards the panhandle. I mean, they're putting on, God, I bet they're putting on two, three, four, some, even maybe even more than that, 400 miles a day Yeah, looking for birds.
1: Oh, that's yeah. Just, that's crazy. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, up, hats off them. <laughs> yeah, like up here,
0: I mean, all. The farthest I'll drive up here to scout is an hour and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, just trying to get out of town and get away from the majority of people. Yeah. Get away from the mass of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on average, on average, I'm probably driving like forty five minutes to scout.
1: But where I want to scout, that's I mean, if that's not too terrible. No. But like, shit! I bet we're driving twenty minutes. Yeah. Which super nice, yeah, yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah, and not what? Part, and like, uh, <laughs> excuse me, go ahead. No, you're good. What? Uh, what part of Minnesota are you in? Uh, Mankato, so like the southwest corner of Minnesota. Okay, so you're just shit. What's that?
2: That's just north of Rochester,
1: isn't
0: it? Yeah. Uh, so. No, so basically, if you go like forty-five minutes west of Rochester, west, like okay, never yeah, forty-five, like an hour, um, west of Rochester, then you'll hit Mankato. Yep,
2: yeah, so you're you're on that highway that runs up to like Fergus
0: Falls and stuff. Yeah, so we're yeah, like we're right on like I sixty nine.
1: Yep. Okay. Um,
0: which runs up to like four ninety four, and then you take that all the way up to Fergus and all that stuff. So, like, and then
1: 35Ws, like, 30 minutes east of us. So, like, we're in a nice nice spot where people can just
0: book it down 69 or book it down 35, and then they're right in Mankato,
1: And then go from there. That's a cool area up there in Minnesota, especially for big geese. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love coming up there. You'll have to make it up here. More or less. It's like, so back to like,
2: originally, I, uh, I'm from the Eastern shore of Maryland. Yeah. Which like, you know, if you ask anybody, it's like, oh, you know, that's one of those places you just need to go experience, go hunt, you know, shooting geese on the shore in Maryland. I haven't hunted back home, I bet four years, three or four years. I haven't shot a single thing in Maryland. Oh wow! Well, I take that back. I shot turkey, but yeah, um, waterfowl wise, I haven't hunted in Maryland. Um, The only other place in the last few years that I've gotten to, like quote unquote fun hunt is
1: like Nebraska, where I'm at now, and then um, Oklahoma. We went up for a few days, just kind of fun hunting, and then
2: uh, last fall in that August season in yep. North Dakota. I went over with um Kyle Jones and Kay Tricky yep. to do that uh goose hunt. And you know it was fun. Uh we had a we had a blast shooting geese in August it was something I've never even thought of ever doing. Yeah. Um I don't know if I'd do it again, because I <laughs> can't shoot geese when it's hundred and five degrees <laughs> outside. That was <laughs> That was absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: We're that, sweating our butts off.
1: Yeah.
0: Every single thing you do.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean,
0: even like our early season, we're wearing a t
1: shirt the entire time because it's just so hot. Yep. But yep. Com- that's uh, compared to what? Compared to like that August season, it's nothing compared to that August season.
2: <laughs> even like, for us down in Texas, there's some days in November, December, you know, you got khaki pants on, uh, like you said, a t-shirt, um, and shit, I bet I wore, I got a pair of hay dudes that probably have so much filth on them from hunting every day and peanuts. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you don't need boots. It's so yeah. dry. You're not going to get wet and it's not cold enough. So
1: yeah, I mean, just, you're wearing everyday clothes, going out and shoot birds every morning. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different vibe. Because, yeah, you, up here
0: every morning, it's dewy and stuff, or else I'd try to wear, like, Crocs or Hey Dudes or whatever. Right. So you yeah. gotta wear your muck boots every day, which kind of sucks, but it is what I'd, it
2: is. My, my boots would be destroyed if I had to wear them every day.
0: Just my, yeah. feet, my feet sweat so bad. It's oh terrible. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> oh my. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but, dude, so, like, Maryland, what what is that like?
1: Like, describe that a little bit, because that seems like a pretty cool experience.
0: Man, it's
2: you know I've obviously before I started really guiding like full time November to February, I would travel a lot and I hunted a bunch of different places across the country, and Maryland's just so unique because I don't know and some people will probably bash me for this and some people will be like oh that's not how it is but back home like you don't have to scout no. you, know, you don't have to put out this big massive rig to kill geese um, calling it doesn't take much now I could be wrong in the last five years like I said I haven't hunted there but
1: yeah,
2: you know you can almost go out And I'll say it is fortunate some of the places that I got to hunt due to, like, friends and stuff that I had back home. But, you know, you go out, shoot your birds, and go get breakfast every morning. Yeah. Granted, you only had to shoot two geese per person, which now it's one for 30 days. So it's even worse. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. You can go to the same field probably every day. And if you don't shoot all your geese, you'll shoot some geese.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah it's just really really unique
1: yeah. um
2: a lot of hedgerow blinds a lot of a-frame blinds yeah um there's a lot of guys using pits uh very very rarely you'll see guys use layouts maybe in the early season for like residents um yeah. we got a really good resident population there because there's a lot of people that uh cut silage corn and stuff yeah so there's you know, growing up in high school, I would go with buddies, and you know, you'd burn down forty, fifty, sixty birds. Yeah. That's that's some of the fun days. But it's just I don't know. It's nostalgic if I you know look back and think. I you mean, know, putting on a Carhartt when I was younger, just some jeans and going out and goose hunting. I mean, yeah, that was it. And you had your eight seventy. That's what everybody shot.
1: Yeah. Um.
2: But no, man, it's. It's fun. I I really do miss it, but I'm also getting to do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. When I'm at this way. so I don't know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Yeah. Oh, exactly. What kind of fields are up there that you guys are hunting?
1: Um, it's you know pretty
2: much the same ag you would get most in the Midwest. You know, soybeans, corn, okay. wheat fields um there's some guys that do milo sorghum and stuff um but a majority you know 90 percent of the time
1: you're hunting either a a bean field or a corn field yeah fair enough and how did you get connected down in texas so uh one of the
2: guys that actually is the reason kind of like i moved out here to western nebraska um, uh, my buddy Blake, me and him had been on, gosh, I don't know how long it's been. I think I got on staff with Moke in 2013 and he was either right there with me or a year after. And we just kind of, just from talking and stuff and, you know, I come out, gosh, I've been coming out here to Nebraska for like the last six, like, seven years, just hunting having fun staying for you know seven eight ten days at a time.
3: Yeah.
1: Then um sadly enough his father passed away and I told him, I was like, you know, I'll I'll come out and help you. Like
2: he had to take over the family farm. You know, just him and his brother. I said, I'll come out and help you guys. And then, you know, long story short, I work, work for him full time now. And then he was working down at Stanfield um he's been there for gosh i think five years now and we were talking you know a couple of years ago just kind of bsing on the phone he was riding around scouting and jeff had said something And i said oh hell i'll come down there and help you guys next year well then he called me like a week later and was like hey uh were you serious you want to come down and you know work for us yeah i was like shit man i mean that sounds great yeah i'll come down which it was easy to get off work because the guy that I was working for farming works there as well. So we would yeah. both leave at the same time. So it really lucked out there. So yeah, as soon as, uh, as soon as harvest is over here, you know, we'll maybe fun hunt a couple of times in Nebraska and then maybe deer hunt for a little bit. And then yeah, right there in mid November, we'll shoot
1: down to Texas and stay there until February. Yeah. And how many guys are working at Stanfield? Oh, shoot. Me, Blake, Andy. Those are the three pretty much main guys. Uh, then each of us had,
2: you know, a guy. I, I hate to say helper because they're more than just
1: help, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They do just as much work as we do. But uh, so a guy for each of us. So. One, three, six, and then there was a couple of duck guides. I don't know, between
2: all the kitchen staff, um, us guides, uh, some helpers around the lodge and stuff. I bet there's probably 15 of us total.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair enough.
2: About eight of them are guides.
1: Yeah. Yeah, half guides and then half are office or kitchen or, you know, doing odds and ends at the lodge there. Yeah.
0: I hear you on that. And so you guys just run two guides a group then?
2: Yeah, most
0: of the time, you know, you'll have a guy will,
2: you know, pretty much be quote unquote the the guide in charge or head yeah. guide, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then uh one of the other guys will come with us for
1: help setting up the blinds, decoys, calling, uh talking to the customers, you know. Yeah. Just everything like that and
2: some of them were first year guys this year and everybody did really good um you know they're all respectable nobody we didn't have any buses or fights um that were you know over the top i mean every yeah. now and then we all got in a little like arguments and stuff but yeah being being in a hunting camp like that for almost three months that's gonna happen
1: oh exactly so, but, yeah, most of the time, it's just two guys every day. Yeah. Uh, running running the show, pretty much. Yeah. And what's, like, the average group that you guys are usually taking out? Um, man, we get a lot of clients that'll book in big groups. So, shoot, it's nothing to have,
2: you know, anywhere from seven to ten guys every day. Okay. Uh, most of the time, it'll be... Yeah, probably stays right around the 10 guys. And then yeah. uh, with 10, 10 clients, two guides.
1: So, you know, we're running probably four, three A-frames every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about yeah, average. Yeah, that works out nice because, I mean, that's a that's a good group to,
0: you know, handle. It's not too many guys, but not right. like not like too small
1: of a group as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, you you cater to everybody, but you don't have to, like, really sit down with, like, two or three guys and, like, try yeah. to please them. You can please the group as they come. Yeah. Um, and, you know, since we only we only shoot two specs, then where we are. So, I mean, it, it's a good number if everybody shoots out on specs, you know, you're yeah. shooting 20, 25 birds, you know, you get some bonus birds and yeah. stuff. So it's just the, just the right amount of people where it makes it a fun, good day Yeah. and you got a bunch
0: of birds to take back. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying mostly, a lot of it is mostly specs down where you're at then? Oh yeah. <laughs> like we'll,
2: we'll kind of the night before when everybody's in the dining hall, cause every, we all eat together. Yeah. Um, We'll kind of go to each group and kind of explain to them like you know we're gonna go out we're targeting mainly targeting specs there's some lessers around some snows um, but we're just mainly going after all our specs in the morning yeah so they kind of every now and then you'll get the guys like well you know we can shoot five five geese why are we gonna stick around and shoot our three lessers and I'm like that sounds really great in theory yeah. But there's <laughs> just not, you know, they don't get the numbers unless less just like they used to. Just, uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, that's nice. I mean, that way you can kind of let them know, give them a heads up, and
1: they understand right. what they're going out there to yep. do. And yep.
0: so and it's,
2: it's, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of repeat clients. Yeah. Some of the guys that we'll take, you know, they'll come a couple times a year, they've been coming for. Some of them 20 years, 10 years, oh, wow. 15 years. Yeah. yeah. They're, they'll bring their family out there, and that's kind of like their family getaway. Moms, dads, yeah. brothers and stuff, sisters, they all come out. So it's nice seeing the same faces every year because, you know, like, they get it. They're yeah. not going to, you know. And we don't treat them. We don't treat them any special. You know, we don't yeah. treat them different than the first year guys. We treat them all the same.
1: Yeah. So I treat them like family. Yeah. But it does make it a lot easier having a bunch of repeat guys. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Then, like,
0: they know what to expect
1: when they're coming down there.
2: Yep. Like. And they'll kind of they'll talk to the other clients that are maybe their first year there or. If they're in a group, it's their first year coming with that particular
1: group that's been coming for a while. They kind of we'll go give them the rundown and explain yeah. to them. Down. Yeah, it makes your life a lot easier. Yeah, that helps me out a bunch. Because,
0: <laughs> I mean, how many, like, what percent of your
1: guys' clients are repeat clients, would you think? Just from oh, like your experience there. Man, I bet there's probably only. I bet 10, 15% for new clients okay. every year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wish they
2: well over three quarters of our clients are repeat guys. Yeah. And like when, so Jeff will tell us like, hey, we got such and such group coming next week. And everybody's like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. we really like those guys. Or he'll tell us like some groups are coming and we're like, I mean, they big but they're a really nice guy at the same time. Or, yeah. And, like, it's usually the guys that you kind of like, ah, shit, he's coming back. They're the good tippers. That's, yeah. the, bad, that's the worst part about it. <laughs> like, ah, you know, you got to put up with them. And, like, if you just, you make them laugh, do your job, they'll treat you well. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we, we're not going to be like, oh, I'm not taking that guy. Like, I'm not going to take that guy hunting. It's just like, ah, he likes to ask a lot of questions. Or, yeah. He likes to try to be too involved with the setup or something like that. Or yeah. Just it's just stuff along those lines, which isn't bad at the end of the day. But um there is clients that we look forward to seeing more than others. I will say that. And yeah. Not any guy. To, any oh guy
0: to... yeah. Any any guy will say that. There's no question yeah. about it. Because I mean you'll have guys that are like, why is the spread looking like this? And you're like, well, I've been yeah. hunting here a lot longer than you have. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: Like man, this isn't gonna. This this isn't how we hunt them back home. It's like, well, where are you from, sir? I'm from Georgia. Well, I don't think (laughs) you're gonna hunt the same way that we do, but we're not gonna put out two dozen Bigfoots and call it a day.
0: Yeah.
1: No, exactly. Yeah, it's just.
0: I mean, what's your? If you had an ideal client, what would you say your
3: ideal client would be?
1: Man, an ideal client. (sighs) Um. He just kind
2: of, you know, you talk to him the night before and you kind of give him the rundown. Um, If he just kind of asks, like, you know, know, what time should we be up? What time do you want to leave? He doesn't have any other questions. And then the next morning you get there. It's like, hey, um, I'm going to start laying decoys out. Will you and your guys go help Say. Chance, help set up the blinds. Yeah. And then once you're done that, come to me and we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. Okay, perfect. Sounds good. Goes, doesn't ask questions, just goes and does it. Yeah. He's like, what do we need to do now? I'm like, we need a bunch of tumbleweeds. We need some, whatever. We're going to get this blind right. And then whatever's left on decoys, you know, help me. I'll tell you where to put them and do vice versa. And they just don't they don't bitch about it. They don't give any like random questions. They just kind of like, all right, cool. And they're like, yeah, you know, if you get done, you're like, Oh, this looks great. Can't wait. Um, if you know, they listen to you, they like, keep your head down. Don't, you know, don't pie face knees. Um Basically if they just listen to you, and yeah. like, don't argue about it, don't ask a bunch of questions, and mm-hmm. they have fun. And that's really the ideal client, yeah. Obviously, you want to tip it, but yeah, but, I don't know. We get a lot of those, I will say that we do have a lot of really good clients, so yeah. we don't
1: have to worry about too much. But yeah, and oh, the biggest thing is just like shoot your bird, yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> I, I know, don't. Don't tell me that the night before. Oh, we're all trap shooters, skeet shooters. We, we're not going to miss tomorrow. Those are the guys that are going to miss. Oh yeah. Those are the those are the guys that are going to shoot like shit. You're like, <laughs> and, you know, it gets to the point sometimes. Unfortunately, like after like third or fourth group, you're like, hey guys, like we need to start shoot some of these birds. Yeah. Like we need some of these birds to die. Yeah, we can't just sit here and shooting the geese and educate all these birds. They're just you know, not, nothing's even fall. Maybe you want to fall every other time. Yeah, and that's ah, that that wears me out more than anything. Or the guy that'll he'll ask you like, hey, you know, I got my calls in my bag. If you need me to help call, it's like, no, <laughs> oh, I promise. Like you just sit there, have fun. Like that's my job. Yeah. We don't we don't need you to call. Yeah. You may be
0: a very good caller, I have no idea, but just sit there and enjoy yourself. <laughs> that's all I ask. It's not your worry. You're you're paying to hunt. Just just do your thing. I got
1: mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like
0: that's a that's the same thing that like I'll see too is like when guys wanna bring dogs too. It's oh. like you're out there to have you're out there to like come yeah, hunt. Wait. Have fun. Don't bring your dog. <laughs> well, like most of the time if you, if you book your own group. Like, yeah.
2: You know, if it's just your buddies coming, you want to bring a dog, whatever, that's on you.
1: If the dog ruins the hunt, your friends are gonna be mad at you. Yeah. Like, um, but don't if a guy the night before
2: is like, oh, I brought my dog with me, is it okay? And it's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, does he hunt. It's like, ah, oh, no, this will be his first time out. That's probably not the time to bring a dog <laughs> hunt. It's not nowhere close to what you should do when yeah. the first, the dog first hunt. Yeah. Then um, don't tell me, you know, oh, he's a, he's a master hunter or he's a grand hunting retriever champion, you know, so on and so forth. He's got so many passes, like, okay cool like can it hunt like does your yeah. dog hunt yeah because i know field trial dogs that don't hunt oh yeah yeah they strictly just run for ribbons they're ribbon chasers yeah and then you get out the next morning and they go to pick up spec and they're like what the hell is this thing I'm like, No, i'm not gonna do that dad i'm sorry
1: yeah
2: like oh he's not normally like this with bumpers so it's like no shit <laughs> You know, it's a bird. It's a live bird.
1: Uh, yeah. or,
2: they, or, they'll, or they'll get out.
1: And, you know, it's like,
2: oh, I'm going to get out and, you know, cast my dog. Or we'll try to get this crypto, or whatever. And then five minutes goes by and all you hear is whistles. And then you look out. And the guy's walking his dog to the bird. It's like, dude, we don't have time for that. Like, bring your dog back. We got more birds to do.
1: Uh yeah. Yep. It's awesome.
0: It it's like the same thing like you're talking about with like the trap shooters and stuff that oh, they yeah. say they can hit everything and it's the same thing with the dog too. It's like, oh my dog's so great. Oh my god. You're gonna it's the same thing. You're gonna be so pumped to watch this thing in the field and it's like ah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I like I like the guys, you know, you talked to them the night before. Or- And, like, before you, you know, you, like, introduce yourself and, like, kind of give them the rundown, whatnot. And if they tell you, like, um, hey, I have my dog with me, you know, he'll be all all right. If if that's all they say, he'll be all right. Yeah. 99% of the time, those dogs are badass.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: you'll run into that every year. Like, there was, man, there was strife. Two or three dogs this year that really impressed me, like holy shit, this dog's good.
1: Yeah. Like
3: just
2: I mean, it's a damn good meat dog. Just went out there, did his job, you know. Guy gave me, you know, one or two casts, and boom, he's he's good. Yeah. Come back steady, didn't whine, didn't run around the decoys and do nothing stupid, just but uh, just a damn good dog, marked real well. Yeah. Um very very rarely does that happen. So I say, yeah, like this year is like two or three dogs. That's that's probably about every year. You'll see about two
0: dogs that are really, really good client dogs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do
0: you guys allow client dogs for like any group or is it just private groups?
2: Uh just private groups. Yeah. Um if it's you know, if it's a group of four or five people and then like another group of like three people. And we like join them together. We'll ask the other group first that doesn't have the dog. Like, like, hey, we don't mind telling these guys no, they can't, but they have a dog. Do you care? They're like, no, 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 you don't care. Every now and then you'll get a group like, nah, I just I've never hunted with their dog. I don't, you know, I don't want it to jeopardize the fun. Yeah, and it's like, all right, that's fine, and we tell the other guys, like, oh, you know, it's like I understand, but.
1: You know, it's
2: a good dog it's like well the other
1: guys don't want it so yeah sometimes you gotta be
0: that asshole yeah yeah i mean you gotta do what you gotta do because i mean you're taking people out there paying good money to yeah. come hunt and right if they they don't want the other person's dog it's like you gotta tell them no, and they're fine with it great but you don't want to jeopardize their hunt for somebody else for
1: another group's dog
2: right and it's happened before like We'll tell them in the morning, you know, we have a dog, you know, during our safety spiel. I'll tell them, like, you know, there's a dog hunting with us today. Um, any low birds, cripples in the decoys, do not shoot. 100% absolutely do not shoot
1: unless we tell you to. Uh, the dog will take care of it. If the dog, you know, if the dog isn't working out, blah, 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 we
2: will ask you guys to, you know, put the dog back in the kennel and chug. Continue to uh, Yeah. You tell them that anytime there's a client dog, and nine out of ten times you don't have to say anything. Um, I can, man, I can remember on one hand, excuse me, one hand the last couple of years where I had to tell somebody to put their dog back in the truck or just hold it in
1: the kennel, like don't send it. Yeah. Um, but if it's that bad, we we'll just. Just go put your dog in the truck. Yeah. Like,
2: we got birds to kill. We got other guys here. Your buddies are getting
0: pissed at you, so yeah. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. What's well, like? I mean, if there's a hard conversation to have with clients,
1: like what would be the hard conversation that you guys run into? Um, like are you talking during the hunt, or like yeah during the, the hunt. hunt, or yeah during the hunt. Um, it's not that it's a hard conversation, but, like, going back to, like, shooting and stuff, like, like, guys, you have to, like, you know, slow down,
2: get on your bird, make sure you're shorted, make sure you're following through with that shot, make sure you're making good shots, because we can't just sit here and shoot at birds, not kill birds. Yeah. You know, we can't do that the whole morning. And some people, I mean, they'll take offense to it, but they're like, I oh, know, like, I need to shoot better, blah, blah, blah. But I think people take that the hardest more than anything, like telling them, you know, you, obviously you're not going to say, dude, you freaking suck. Like, you're terrible. What the hell are you doing? Like, you just kind of got to slowly go into it and be like, hey, dude, I think Something something's got to change, and yeah. like some people take it harsh, uh, then some people take it as constructive criticism, and some guys are they'll tell you like, man, I'm shooting my like shit, like um, there's nothing there's nothing I can do about it, yeah, uh, but I think that's
1: probably the toughest thing to talk about. Um, another thing, and I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh guys like clicking
2: their safety off early yeah yeah man that that grinds my gears that just wears me out to no end And i'll tell them too in the morning like during the safety speech like if i hear that gun click before i call the shot i'm not calling the shot yeah and like it happened one time this year i heard two or three safeties go off and the geese probably had another 10 15 yards to come and um they got in the hole landed got out the guys were like what the hell and I was like, I said, everybody looked at your guns and they all looked. I said, just got their safety off. And you hear two or three of them just like click their safety back on. I was like, that's why. I was like, what did I tell you this morning? And they're like, well, I, uh, you know, I was being safe with it. And I was like, just don't turn it off until you show it. That's yeah. simple. Yeah. It's not going to make you miss the bird. I promise you. Yeah. But they, I mean, I will say, they got a little bit upset about that. But, we ended up, I mean, we shot our birds anyway.
1: Yeah.
2: It was just one group. I mean, it was a kind of damn good group, too. But, uh, like, Some lessons are hard shot. to learn. Yeah. It's like, man, I want to call a shot on these birds, but, you know, I, I can't be, you know, I can't be the pot calling kettle Black. Like, yeah. You know, I guarantee, I don't know if somebody, if I'd have called the shot, somebody would have been like, well, I heard safeties go off. You called it, it anyway. Like, yeah. Like, oh, well, you we ain't gonna call my bluff on this one because I did
3: it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good point because I've never really
1: like heard about that. Um, just like people talking about the safeties. And that's yeah. a great point.
2: I mean, you just—you never know what can happen. It doesn't yeah. matter how safe you are. Uh, no matter how how many times you've done it, we all get complacent with it. And you know, it just takes that one wrong thing to happen,
1: yeah. And boom, yeah. Nine times out of ten, we're gonna hope that you know, it just you know, you're not gonna shoot anything or bond or anyone, but you just never know, yeah. That one time it can happen, that's right. Yeah, I mean, what is what does your safety speech look like in the morning? Um. I'll kinda like once we're settled in the blind, um everybody gets
2: in their spot, you know, gets all their shells laid out or their buckets set up how they want, whatnot. I'll kinda step in front of the blind and
1: make sure all their guns are kinda pointing straight up. And then uh just get everybody's attention and just kinda tell them,
2: run down like, all right guys, we gotta Northwest wind. It's at 12 to 15 right now. It's kind of cold. I said birds are going to be coming from this way.
1: Um, they're probably going to do this. Um, make sure your blind's good in front of your face. Make sure your tumbleweeds are kind of stacked. Excuse me on the blind. Golly. stacked on the blind. Good. Um, you know, wait for me to call the shot
2: uh Don't listen for anything particular, you know. If you take them, you get them out front. I said, I'll tell you left side, right side, up top, in the hole, um, and then that's where I go. And the, you know, don't take, don't click your safety off until your shoulder and ready to shoot. If I hear the safeties go off, I'm not going to call the shot. um And then if we have a dog, I'll roll into. You know, we have a dog that's going to get the cripples for us. The dog's name is. I don't know, we'll use Andy's dog Lou, for example. Like Lou, we'll get all the cripples. Do not shoot any low birds that are getting out of the hole if the dog's out. Um, don't shoot any walking around in the decoys, the dog will get those. Uh as soon as we shoot and everybody's good, we'll say dog out, we'll send the dog. And um, unless we tell you otherwise, don't don't go after any cripples yourself. That's what the dog's here for. And then if it's a client dog. That's what we'll, we're we'll rolling into you know, um, you know, if the dog's messing up, like, you know, it's kind of keep it the game. Like, if it's not working out, we'll put it in the truck, or um, we'll keep it in the blind. It's on you. You're the handler, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll uh, just kind of say, mm, usually it'll be like, all right, we got about five minutes of shooting time. Now, once I get in the line
1: and everybody's situated, we'll go ahead and load up. Yeah. And i just have fun and let's shoot them. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid one. Yep, yep. Gets to the point of everything that you need to talk about. Yep. Safety and shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Be safe and point and shoot. Yeah. And what is, like, the oh. whole... Go ahead. Um, I forgot to add. Um, I'll just tell them, you know, shoot your
2: lane. You know, stick between 10 and 2. Don't, yeah. you know, don't swing far left, far right. The guy's on the end. You know, you get a little bit more leeway.
1: Uh, other than that, just pick a bird and shoot those down. Yeah. Have you ran into any, like, I don't know how to say it, like, um, I don't know how to, say it. like, I don't know how to say it. Like, clients that just like aren't like arguing a lot. Like,
0: what's like your worst client experience that you've had? Oh, like problem
1: clients. Yeah, yeah. I had a man. I had a guy about two, two or three years ago. were setting up decoys and like he's just kind of like bitching and like said he felt like shit and like didn't want to like help or didn't want
2: to do this or that and like obviously his friends are like giving him shit and stuff well I came by I walked it's like 5.30 in the morning and like I found a beer can laying by the blind and stuff I was like hey like I picked it up and it was cold it was like still had beer in it I said, whose is this? And the one the guy that was bitching and complaining is like, oh, it's mine. It's my morning wake up. I said, no, 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 no. I was like, we're not doing that. He's like, why not? I was like, I can't fucking, like, you're not gonna drink with me and hunt. I'm like, be out here with all these people. I said, that's just a liability waiting to happen. He was like, all right. Well, like I pour the beer out. And through the can in the back of my truck, kind of like put in a bag and stuff. Well, I should have looked further into it because we were like, I don't know, we had shot probably 10, 15 birds. And we only needed a couple more. Well, this group of geese came, I mean, working and working them. And like I can see the guy over there kind of like squirming around. And uh, he was on the far end and I couldn't really. I couldn't get a real good look at what he was doing well the geese ended up you know they ended up decoying and, and i call a shot well i look over and the guy had fallen back in the a-frame and like bent parts of the a-frame and like the blind almost slipped over and his buddies like went flying and the more the gun fell and like all this crazy shit i'm like dude what in the hell is going on so i went down there to fix the blind well, he's he's got, like, eight or ten empty Miller-like cans laying by him. I was like, have you been drinking this whole time? He's like, well, yeah, that's what I always do when I hunt. I was like, What's this? like you're on my hunt. We're not on your hunt. Like, you're hammered." hammer. And I was like, we're done. Like, we needed, like, five more geese. I was like, no, we're done hunting. Like, that's it. He's like, what do you mean we're done? I was like, you're drunk. For One. Two it's you and your buddies. I said, you just ruin it for the rest of them. I was like, because you can either, A, go sit in the truck and watch us or B, we'll just go back to the lodge right now. And come to find out another guy that was with him was drinking some of the beers as well. And I was like, dude, just screw it. Like, we're going back. Like, this is it. I was like, we got 15 birds. We don't need five more. You guys are drunk and fucked up. I'm not even, like, that's it. We're done. Oh my God. So usually like, Usually some of the guys will like help pick up decoys and stuff, like none of them. You know, they went to the trucks, they got in, they drove back all the odds. Like me and the other guy that was with us had to pick up all the decoys and got I mean, I was furious. And this guy just could not understand why I was so mad. Oh my god. Like just, if you, the one beer in the morning, whatever, I get it. You gotta, you know, you gotta bite the bullet and get rid of that hangover. Whatever. Yeah. I've been there, I've done it. Yeah. Don't sit in the blind after I said no drinking. You and then continue to finish off twelve pack. <laughs> I don't know if you drink all of them or if your buddy only had one or two, but uh it's just I don't know. I guess rules don't apply to some people. Yeah. That was probably that's probably the most anger I've ever been in a client. Yeah, I'd be fucking
0: pissed.
1: But rightfully so.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd I'd be fucking
1: pissed. Like what are you doing? <laughs> like, some people's children. Oh my god. Come on a hunt and just fucking just start slamming them. Yep. Yeah, that's I Don't get don't get me wrong. Like when I go duff hunting, I'll drink some beer. Yeah. That's
2: completely different because I'm by myself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you're going
0: on a guided hunt and bringing a twelve pack, that's a whole different scenario. Yeah, I like
2: I don't even know. I guess he brought it in his blind bag or something. You going
1: to drink or shoot, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different scenario. If you're, like, if you want to drink
0: on your own hunt, that's one thing. You go drink on your own hunt. If you're going on a
1: guided hunt, then that's a whole different scenario. Yeah, I'll kind of, you know. I will suggest on your own hunt. Like, hey, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Like with a group of people, but I just I don't
2: know. I guess I thought it was, and it didn't help that it was a bachelor
1: party, so they were all yeah. they were all kind of in the party mood. Oh yeah, yeah. I can I can definitely see that. Get after it at the lodge, and then just want to keep on rolling with it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Party don't stop for them. Oh no, doesn't
0: sound like it. And what's like the whole so when people come down to Stanfield, like what's the whole experience that they get when they come and hunt with you guys?
1: Um,
2: so like you get to lodge, kind of it's way I I won't say it's way off in the country, but it's probably 10 minutes, 10 15 minutes outside of down there, yeah. Um you go on county roads, you get back there, you pull in, it's you know, it's kind of motel style bunking, you know, they're all lined up. Yeah. Um, single story, got bunk beds in there. It's kind of a real rustic feeling. Um, and then in the actual <clears throat> dining hall and lodge itself, um, it's all buffet style food, home cooked meals. Uh, you know, the girls in the kitchen, Jeff's wife actually does the majority of the kind of prepping and planning and cooking for all the meals. Um we're feeding gosh I bet we're feeding twenty five, thirty people, clients a night. And then on top of that you got the, the 10 or 15 of us, whoever's there. Um and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of you know mounts in the lodge and the dining hall, um just all kinds of crazy stuff. Hybrids, oddballs, deer. Yeah, you know, ducks, geese, cranes, swans, elk, yeah, bears, hogs—just so much cool stuff in there. Um, a lot of old articles and stuff from like the nineties, like
1: yeah.
2: hunting journals and stuff. Um, so it's a real like I don't know—it's like going to Grandpa's hunting cabin or something. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's just real nostalgic for a lot of the people to come there. Um, and then, you know, we'll come talk to you, get real personal, kind of introduce ourselves, hang out,
1: chat for a bit. You know, we're leaving at this time in the morning. Um, when we get up, we'll have, uh, like, Cotton style, breakfast, you cereal, you know, whatever you want in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then they'll follow us, you know, we'll kind of bread get the blind set up for you. Make sure everything's good. uh Go out,
2: shoot the birds. Come back, they bring it to us. We'll process them and clean them, bag them up for you, put them in the freezer. Get you to fill out paperwork. Um, then we'll have lunch. And then whenever that's done, there's a big social room with a TV, pool table, cards. You know, you name it. Kind of hang out until dinner's done, and then. Or until dinner's ready, and then uh yeah, just kind of circles like that every day. Yeah,
0: fair enough. A real lot of routine. Yeah. And what's it like having Jeff as a boss? He seems like he's pretty funny, like from like the Big Conquer podcast and stuff like that. He seems like quite yeah. quite a hoot. <laughs>
1: he's
2: he's probably one of the funniest people I know, but he's also a dickhead. God, he's <laughs> just uh I mean, I love to death, but man, he can just, I don't know, he can be just an asshole sometimes. (laughs) And like, if something bothers you, he's going to dig and dig and dig and dig. It's just going to make you feel uncomfortable. Some of the new (laughs) guys this year, uh, I felt so bad for him. It's like they don't know how to fend for themselves. Yeah. And like he gives them reasons to
1: pretty much just jack with them the whole time. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he takes care of us really good. Um
2: you know, he feeds us, you know, lets us stay there at the live. We got our own little guide house. Yeah. Um is real fair with everybody. But no, I can't complain at all. He's a really good really, really good dude to work for.
1: Yeah. Him, him and Tony both, his brother. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So do they both run it then? Yep. Uh they started it. I think it was nineteen ninety 1990, nineteen
2: ninety
3: three.
1: Okay,
2: 1994, they started it and his brother together. Um, so his, his brother pretty much does all the deer and hog stuff and like the maintenance and the odds and ends and stuff. And then Jeff does all the, the business end of it, the talking to clients, booking hunts, <coughs> worrying about leases talking to landowners and
1: yeah
2: all that stuff and then jeff's wife uh, um, michelle does all the kitchen stuff and okay. ordering the food setting the plans for dinner and like what we're going to do that week
1: vice versa yeah so fair enough yep. <laughs> And andy obviously he's like the head head honcho of all us guys and stuff um yeah, that's about basically all
2: he does. Other than the podcast, but that's a lot of work. So,
1: oh, yeah. 100%.
2: Stuff to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's all just big family-oriented
0: deal down there. It's awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: And they treat us like family, too, which is
1: another good part about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I hear you. On that. Yeah, that's that's a nice thing. If
1: you're going to spend three months down there, you'd want yeah. that, like, family type of vibe. 100%. You definitely get it. Yeah, and so they do run, like, deer hunts and hog hunts and stuff like that? Yeah,
2: I mean, they don't do, I mean, they're not going to do 60, 60, 70 hog hunters, Yeah, you know, 30, 40 deer hunters. Uh, They'll do a select few, and it's not, I mean, we're in a good part of Texas. There's some really big deer around, but it's not like some of these places where you're going and you're trying to hunt down that. Oh, We're trying to hunt down like that
1: 180, 190 inch class whitetail in Texas. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's not like going to the King Ranch or something and deer hunt. Yeah, But that makes. Sense. They're yeah. really good deer leases. There's really nice deer. Um, you know they feed them, they maintain the feeders. They got nice box spots and stuff, but it's still trophy deer hunting, but it's not. They don't advertise a bunch. Yeah, you know, it's guys that come back every year and do it. I mean, yeah. After I have many years here on there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
0: Yeah, I heard him talking with, um, I think it was Charles, the poacher guy, on the podcast. Oh, yeah, Charles, baby. That that dude seems like a hoot. But I just I wanna I just wanna
2: sit down and like listen to all his stories. Yeah. But like he couldn't tell on the podcast.
1: Yeah. He just uh just to be a, just to be a, a fly or a mosquito buzzing around when he was doing all that
2: stuff and watching it. Just I just fuck I don't know how he didn't get killed or oh yeah. Uh, like kidnapped by the cartel or
1: something or just I don't know. That was a wild, wild deal. Yeah. That's quite a life. Just to go fuck around on on all those ranches and just fucking live off hunting deer.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: And like, he had sheriffs like trying to get him to take him
2: hunting and like judges and like people of the town and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go 15, 20 miles back to this ranch. (laughs) I forget how many. I think he said over like 130 or 150,
1: like Pope and Young or mm-hmm. Boone and Crockett Deer. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like,
0: oh my god! And like, yeah, like you're saying, like cartels and stuff. I mean, he's camping out there,
1: and like,
2: yeah, he he would talk about like seeing like um, drug mules and stuff go by, and like he's like washing them in the bush,
1: just absolute crazy yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that'd be quite the life to live that's that's living life on the edge
1: yeah i don't know if i can do it but somebody's yeah. got to i guess somebody's got it might as well be him i suppose <laughs> yeah not that he does it <laughs> anymore but yeah hmm. but that would be that's, like different <laughs> that's a What's different that? breed. that's a different breed uh, yeah that's a different breeding that's a that's a different kind of addiction there yeah yeah
2: like you you've got to be obsessed and addicted to stuff like that to do as much
0: and as like strategic as he did oh yeah you got to be like i mean you got to really know what you're doing if you're going to be out there oh
1: for sure like and i'm sure i'm sure he's taught some people some things but i'm sure it still goes on today but oh yeah um,
2: I thought I'd be, a back in his day, I'd be a little scared if some of those cowboys
1: and stuff down there on those ranches caught you. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. There's no telling what they would do. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, if I saw some cowboys running around and they're in that time, I'd be scared shitless. Oh,
3: yeah. hundred
1: percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're kind of running up on some time here. Um. But I kind of wanted to ask one last question of, is there anything we
1: didn't talk about today that you still wanted to go over? Man, not that I can think of. I mean, we covered you much. We covered it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I really appreciate you jumping on. No, man, thanks for having me. It's yeah. always fun
2: to get on here and chat with guys and kind of BS a little bit.
1: Oh,
0: exactly. And hey, if you ever want to swing up to Minnesota, you're always welcome.
2: I'm gonna try to I'll be up the game fair probably this August okay. again and i used to go every there. Go yeah. every year to there. So once I get up that way, I'll give you a shout.
0: Yeah, because we'll we'll have a booth at Game Fair. We had one last oh, year yeah. too. So right I'll i I'll see you there. What weekend do you usually go up there?
2: Uh usually the second
1: weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay going yeah. contest weekend yeah i'll see you then for sure right on all right brother i appreciate you jumping on hey no problem James. thanks for having me bud all right we'll see you see you take care yeah you as well
0: bye